Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. Ah, uh, autumn. Quite possibly my favorite season of the year. Where I live, you get all four seasons. Mud, sauna, dirty wet leaves, and slush. That's spring, summer, autumn, and winter respectively. The seasons around here aren't always that bad. But when they are, all of the locals immediately forget the good ones we've had in the past. Many complain about winter all 365 days of the year. And for some reason, they never seem to be looking to move. But fall is a great time of year. It can be cold and wet, but when the leaves change, the hills and mountains are a sea of reds, yellows, and oranges. You layer up in warm, comfortable clothing, making the chilly air feel refreshing. And now that I'm a dad, I can have fun in corn mazes without looking weird. A well-known, quasi-bygone tradition that is more of a joke nowadays, but at one time wasn't, was what you could or could not wear when summer ended. Although the autumnal equinox doesn't actually begin until late September, the start of the season kicks into gear with the end of Labor Day. Summer fairs end, kids start piling back into classrooms, and any store that peddles holiday decorations is already starting to showcase its Christmas baubles and knickknacks. But most importantly, you must cease to wear the color white. In a similar fashion, another accoutrement was, for a while, considered a fall faux pas amongst men in New York City. In the early 1900s, the newest fashion of hats were topping the heads of male city slickers. Light and airy, the straw hat was a trend that lasted into the beginning days of television. Two particular styles graced the cranium at the time. The boater was a classic formal hat, known for its flat top and brim. The Panama hat alluded to its Ecuadorian tropical themes, exciting the mind with images of travel to exotic lands full of adventure and escape. These were considered summertime hats, however. Businessmen were regularly wearing them during the hotter months. They even became a standard piece of the professional outfit. But like Labor Day in white attire, September 15th became the day in the Big Apple known as Felt Hat Day. The last day of the season you were allowed to wear your straw hat. Goodbye Panama, hello Fedora. Those who were brave enough to stick it to societal convention after Felt Hat Day found themselves subject to ridicule. It started as a joke amongst stockbrokers, an annual hazing, if you will. They began snatching boaters off the crowns of their fellow men and smashing them. The public Wall Street ritual didn't remain confined to its brotherhood for very long. Teenagers were quick to notice their sort of harmless game and began to join in on the fun. They began targeting non-broker noggins, knocking their hats to the ground and stomping on them. The inconvenient tradition of hat bashing lasted beyond a year or two, becoming a socially acceptable practice during the autumnal period. Whenever September 15th was fast approaching, newspapers often announced the impending happenings, warning men to switch from straw to felt or suffer the consequences. Kids, of course, have the tendency to get carried away when left unchecked. Two days before the big day in 1922, a band of teenagers thought it would be fun to start the pranking ahead of schedule. 
After taking off and escaping the wrath of some factory workers, they set their sights on a group of dock workers down near Manhattan Bridge. They didn't expect the gruff men to fight back. Fisticuffs quickly turned into a brawl and then a riot, with enough bodies filling the streets to block the steady flow of traffic on the bridge itself. Eventually, the police arrived to break up the fray. Unfortunately, no one kept the lid on the ceremony, and now it was too little, too late. The following eve, more riots broke throughout Manhattan. Teenagers were on the loose and terrorizing poorer pedestrians sporting their prized possessions on their pates. One man claimed that he encountered a swarm of a thousand individuals, stealing hats all along 10th Avenue. While the riots were ultimately quelled, they didn't end the yearly smashing. But as the tradition of men setting aside their straw hats for the fall and winter months faded, thankfully so did the rabble-rousing. The men of New York City no longer had to protect the fixtures set upon their domes. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener. 